The following podcast has been paid for by the Wrestling World Order. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Wrestling World Order. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And this week we have a very special guest, a very special returning guest. We have the grand... Oh, yes, we have Dylan, Dylan, Dylan... We have he Dylan just returning. Ate a turkey. He just ate a turkey. Yeah. Oh, I ate an entire turkey. Yeah, wow. he did. Whoa. He he's been he's been away for a little while because he's been um, living in the competitive eating world. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you're gonna get some plate. You're gonna get some plate scraping rolls. on this episode. Yeah. So, just a little. Uh, uh, I can do some like ASMR. Um, eating little bit moment right here just like oh that's solid i'm gonna leave all that in not really oh you should it's funny it's like um, a family guy like uh peter has like um they cut to some like radio show that he's hosting and he's like eating these like soda biscuits and it's just like him crunching on and uh really enjoying like these uh soda biscuits hmm. you know what i think i've seen it goes on for like a minute yeah yeah how so, fitting a family guy joke that goes on for a whole minute yeah yeah it, it was early on so it wasn't like beaten into the ground as much so if we have dylan on an episode of a wrestling podcast that can possibly only mean one thing. Yeah, well, one of a couple things. It's time for another Wrestling Film Society episode. <laughs> I forgot that's what this bit was even called. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and seeing as how we're on the road to WrestleMania in a matter of a couple of weeks, um, and by the time you hear this, it'll be like next week. So, you know, just figure that out uh seeing as how you're going to hear this and it's going to be wrestlemania season uh we thought what better way to celebrate wrestlemania season than to watch a movie with one stone cold steve austin and the selection that we chose was the movie the condemned what the movie the condemned what the movie the condemned oh okay and, you know, I mean, Stone Cold possibly having some sort of involvement in WrestleMania, maybe against one Kevin Owens. We shall see what happens there. But we thought, hey, if he's going to have involvement in Mania, we got to do a Stone Cold movie leading up to Mania. Right? Sure. I mean, well, you picked the a winner. Response, <laughs> the correct response is, oh, hell yeah. So, Dylan, well, I'm not here for the wrestling culture, I know, as you know. But <laughs> I'm I, here for the terrible wrestling movies. Yes, well, uh, we all. Yeah, yeah. So, Dylan, I mean, we we love having you on and doing these because you're you you describe these movies and give us a great synopsis to work off of as we do these. Well, okay. So here's my first question: Is um <clears throat> uh oh 
Oh boy. My first question like is college professor. No, no, no. That was just that was literally just like uh, you know Ajita in the throat. No, my first question is: Do you guys remember when this movie came out? Because I remember when this movie came out. Yes, and the reason why we remember when it came out was because WWE promoted the fuck out of it. I meant You're to mute myself just now because uh, I was stabbing lettuce. Um, okay, so. This movie came out when I was in high school and mm -hmm. I remember distinctly even at the age of like whatever I was either 16 or 17 when this came out just still thought wow that movie looks really stupid and shitty um I'm very relieved to know that my initial thoughts um, held up <laughs> since then because oh man was I this movie stupid however however it is not uh during the week that i watched it it was not the worst movie that i watched and well the other thing i was gonna say is it may have been dumb as fuck but it was a fun dumb i yes. agree with that i i had fun watching it like, there was parts where I laughed. There was parts that I went, oh, man, that's really gory. But it was it was fun. It was like, uh, it. the best way I could describe this movie was a adult version of The Hunger Games. Uh, that's the best I could come up with, because it really was. It was Bad Battle Royale, which is a Japanese movie that essentially is... It's pretty similar in nature. Right. Right. So I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of um similarities to a lot of other movies, but uh most dangerous game, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Like Battle Royale is a, a group of school kids get put on an island and have to kill each other. And it's a great movie. Uh it's based on a book. Um, there's also a fucked up manga of it that <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure. So I'm sure people like it, but I was like, you know what? Even young Dylan isn't really like gelling with this right now. But so. let's face it. I mean, none of the none of the movies really that we watch on the Wrestling Film Society are like like cinematic masterpieces by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they live is a they cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good movie. But it's not like, you know, a, uh, you know, like a Godfather 2 or, you know, it's not in that upper echelon. It's a great oh, movie. Oh, it, oh, it is. It is in my upper echelon. It, it's it's good. It's no, good. It's I like it. I like it. But none of them I feel like are in that level, like, of, like, they're not going to be in the named in the same uh, breath as, like, some of those, like, all-time favorites. I mean, Santa with muscles had those crystals. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Santa with muscles. I was trying to remember which one we did because the last time Dylan was on was during the holidays. I couldn't think of it until you just mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but, Mike, I agree with you in that, like, this movie, while it is absolutely ludicrous, like, there's so much wrong with it. Like, it does – it has that – very primitive redeeming factor of people are fighting each other. Some of them are blowing up and like 
it's not good action, but like it's something, you know. It seems like more action than a Steven Seagal movie, quite frankly. Um, yeah, it is very long. Like it does not need to be as long as it is. And Wait, it has what was some, the runtime on it? It was I, like an hour fifty. Hour one hundred and thirteen minutes. That's almost two hours. That's almost two hours. Yeah, that was. That was a, <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. So, um. Is that is that like a sense of like like our um I don't know our uh what what's the word I'm looking for just like your like growth our attention human is that attention well no span? yeah 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 is that like our attention span nowadays like we just like under two hours is too long I have <laughs> or is it because to say, this movie like, was that shitty that well I just know. under I've sat through movies that that are two, two and a half, three hours and no problem. Yeah, it just has to, like, be worth it, you know? Like, I don't know, I don't mind if the movie is, like, like, you know, if it's a long epic and I think it makes sense to be three hours, like, that's fine. Technically speaking, though, I mean, really, with credits and everything, you're really, like, hour and 45, maybe. Yeah, that's still pretty goddamn long for a movie starring Stone Cold. (laughs) Well, you know, he had to get all his wrestling moves in and whatnot. I suppose that if it was directed video, it probably would have been like 90 minutes. But the fact that it was theatrical, you know, there's probably like that aspect of it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I will say I would have probably liked the movie more if they had like cut out the sappy like subplot. (laughs) But we'll get there. Hey, you know, it made six and a half million dollars. Or no, uh, that, that was its home video first week. It made uh it, it was a bomb. It made seven point three million dollars in the four weeks that it was in theaters. It wow. made even less internationally, which is pretty insane. Like usually movies recoup their yeah. uh losses internationally. Yeah. Um, it only made one point two million internationally. Yeah, which is Damn. like Clearly, this movie was not big in Japan, Mm-mm. which is interesting because, like, I, you know, Japan does have a wrestling culture, but I, I do think that this movie is very far removed from like the concept of wrestling because it is just like a an insanely like pilled stupid like every single action movie like kind of cliche you can think of is definitely exhibited here in in some fashion you know so but i I know you normally start out describing the movies but there was right at the open there was something that definitely gives everybody pause and makes you cringe at the same time uh well hold on a second hold on a second before we get to the before we get into that, and I'm I'm having some mouse trouble here. What is going on? Why can I not scroll? Like, why is nothing scrolling? This his is mouse weird. is encrusted with his memories. Yeah, it's like really fucking <laughs> weird. Like my mouse is so crusty with my memories that nothing is nothing is scrolling. Like, why is that? Gotta leave those memories alone, Dylan. Leave the memories it's alone. I have no clue what's going on, but uh, okay. I'll just, uh, I have to do it the old fashioned way, which is weird. I don't know. My mouse is just like, it's not scrolling for some fucking reason. So anyway, I was going to say, 
Um, Mike, before you know, we get into the movie, I was just going to run through some of the people involved in making this, um, you know, Oscar-worthy bit of drama. Okay. Uh, so this movie was directed by Scott Wiper. He also did The Marine 3, Homefront, and The Big Ugly, also with Vinnie Jones and Ron Perlman and Cousin Craig from Succession. Uh, and this movie stars Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Vinnie Jones, who you might know for being large and British, and the Juggernaut, bitch, from X-Men 3. Somebody named uh, the bad guy in this movie, uh, Bre Breckle, was that his name? <laughs> is that not a, a, a name that... Is that not oh, a detail well, that Oh, Ian Breck Breckle. Breckle. Right. I think okay. everybody called him Breck. Yeah. I, I called him Breckle because it's a great, it's just like, I can't believe the bad guy is named Breckle. Anyway, he was in some Matrix movies and he also was in a movie called Man Thing as Mike Plube, the guy who created Man Thing. Hmm. Um, this other actress, Tori Musit, was also in the Matrix Reloaded as playing just simply an attractive blonde. And the guy, I think his name was Paco in the movie, Manu, Manu Bennett, played Deathstroke on Arrow. He was also in The Marine, starring John Cena. Wow. Look at him. So, he must have been a he must have been a big uh, a big fixture in um, films produced by where I was headed. Films produced by WWE films, <laughs> which yeah. the the warning shot of a movie that you're like, okay, this might be a telltale that this movie ain't going to be so good, is if the movie is produced, the first thing that comes up is by WWE films. <laughs> that should be the first thing that tells you to, uh-oh, might be in for an adventure here. Uh, uh, my comment was, Lionsgate, not always the best sign. WWE films, probably a very bad sign. <laughs> probably a much worse sign than Lionsgate. But anyway. Man, I'm looking at the rundown of uh, like WWE films. I'm sure oh. none of them are good. We should definitely watch the one with Kane. I would like to watch that one. We Wait, already talked about No Evil 2? <laughs> Let's do the sequel before we do the first one. No. Wait a no. minute. No, no, no. Oh, oh my God. Here's one for the holidays. Jingle All the Way 2 with Santino Morella. Oh, yeah. We got to watch that. That's got to be horrible. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Probably. I don't even know who that is, but I'm sure it's bad. He is a former professional wrestler with, that performed at WWE. And he was kind of like a little bit of like a, what, like a bumbling idiot kind of character, Sean? Yeah. Um, comedy wrestler, yeah. Comedy wrestler uh, with, who was Italian. And very much played into a lot of Italian stereotypes. <laughs> Doing Jingle All the Way too is kind of amusing. 
Just that sounds original very unrealistic. Not so, great. I, I gotta say though, I mean, yeah, we Sean and I talked about doing see no evil. Um, but what um uh Jim actually uh hit me to is that there's actually a sequel to this movie. There's a condemned mm-hmm. two, and yeah. it stars Randy Orton. So I think we owe it to ourselves to eventually do that one too at some point. Maybe we could do like uh, a series, like you know, do like sequelitis, but for WWL, we'll call it something where we just do the mm. sequels. Well, I I feel like I gotta watch the first one though. Oh yeah, totally. No, I was talking about Condemned too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll do Condemned and See No Evil and The Marine, and then we can do. You know, all the sequels. There's like four fucking Marine movies. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. And they all, I think, start different WWE wrestlers. Each one. Like, a, maybe the first two have like the same. They might have John no, Cena in the first John Cena is just in the first one. Just in the first one? I think it's like Randy Orton. And then I think The Miz. And... Isn't The Miz in a couple of them? I feel like maybe there's a like, bunch of that... like a, they're like stupid cop movies. Ted DiBiase's in one of them too. Yeah, I was just gonna say Ted Junior's in uh, one of them. What was Behind Enemy Lines? One of theirs too? No, no, that was with (laughs) no. No, that was was Owen Wilson. Man, don't you remember me? (laughs) Behind Enemy Lines, Columbia. Uh, let's see. It's a 2009 American action war film directed by Tim Matheson. And starring Joe Manganiello. Um, oh my God, Tim Matheson directed that from fucking uh, Animal House. WWE wrestler Mr. Kennedy, Keith David, and Matheson. I told it you. It is the third installment in the series, as well as the sequel to Behind Enemy Lines and Behind Enemy Lines 2 Axis of Evil. <laughs> God, the fact that there's behind enemy lines two is amazing. I f- must have forgotten about that. Furthermore, a- is the fact that its subtitle is Axis of Evil. God, who is in behind <laughs> enemy lines two? Let alone, like, I'm more perplexed by that. <laughs> uh, it's directed by James Dodson, and it is starring Nicholas Gonzalez. <laughs> hey, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt Bushell, Bushel, uh, Keith David, Dennis Art. Oh my God, Uh, Bruce McGill, Peter Coyote, Glenn Morshower. Cross. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, direct to video in 2006. Oh, there's also SEAL Team 8 behind enemy lines. Starring Tom Sizemore. Oh, come on. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> you have to look at the cover for this. It's amazing. The the, the SEAL Team 8 one? Yes. It, it does yeah. nothing. This anatomy doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the the fight for the freedom never ends. Oh, my God. I never want to watch this fucking movie. <laughs> It's Tom Sizemore. What could be possibly wrong? The film takes place in the Congo. <laughs> what the fuck? Whew. God damn. 
Was Tom Sizemore ever a wrestler? He seems like he could be a wrestler for a period of time. Uh, Not that I know of. All right, Dylan, why don't we get into this movie, though? We we need to talk about this movie. Yeah. uh, Well, this is one of those movies that has the little text that appears to denote each location, and it makes the little beeps where it's like, where it comes up and it's, you know, whatever. It's it's like Vitebisk prison in Belarus, and it's like, yeah, I'm such a sucker for that shit. Like, it's so stupid, but I kind of love it. But yeah, here we are. And... Well, you did you see that like one of them was your homeland? <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> um but yeah, we open in uh in Belarus at Vitibsk. I'm butchering that prison. We open at a Belarusian prison, and two reporters arrive, the supposed reporters arrive to interview one of the inmates, and they're escorted by like, I don't know, basically General Uramov from Goldeneye into the prison. <laughs> three prisoners are let in out into this like outdoor prison pen with another dude who proceeds to just beat the living Christ out of them. I um, think he killed them. Yeah, they yeah, very much killed them. I mean, like when I say beat the living Christ out of him, I mean like there is no longer any ability to believe in Christ in these bodies. They are <laughs> dead. Um, and the reporters are broadcasting the footage back to some kind of recording studio. So it's basically like there's this black market or dark web type uh, fighting organization that specializes in broadcasting extremely brutal and graphic shows featuring convicts in like a last man standing situation. And, you know, obviously that can only be led by a massive douchebag uh, named Ian Breckel, uh, who is Robert Mamone. And he starts grilling his guy, Goldman, about being behind the schedule. And I want to point out that uh, I immediately recognize this dude because this guy, Rick Hoffman, is basically just an expert at playing, like, sniveling, weaselly characters. I've seen him in a bunch of other movies, and he's always just, like, this fucking slimy little worm of a character. And he's, like, basically that in this movie. You know who he kind of reminded me of as he was speaking? Like in certain movies or shows, uh, for some reason was like Vince Vaughn. Like just how, like... He would, how he would speak <laughs> and just kind of would like make like little like quips and he talked real fast and he was like just like it. it, it they would try to inject some comedy in there too. And it was just like he reminded me for some reason of Vince Vaughn. He's kind of like if you took who, what, what's the guy's name that uh, if you took Gilbert Gottfried and crossed him with uh, Vince Vaughn, like <laughs> with a much more tempered out voice, but sort of that same like, <laughs> like just kind of obnoxious. I don't know. He plays all of these characters like he's in Hostel. He's like the the American client that like one of the oh, characters. That's right. He like walks in on him when he's like torturing the girl, and he's like, "Hey, but he's like, what are you doing in here?" He's like, "Hey, you want to go at her?" <laughs> and then he like, uh, and then I think he runs into him like later on or something. Yeah, there's blind spots in the, the jungle where cameras are missing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so you didn't yeah. give me everything I needed. So and then I don't know, I don't I don't know what Breckel's girlfriend's name is, but she, he gets 
groomed up by her and then he does an interview to promote his really shady operation which is 10 convicts are dropped on the island to fight to the death of one winner and one like, lives nine die <laughs> yeah and i just love the uh really uncomfortable interaction here not even because this guy's a prick. Like, all of this acting is fucking terrible. It's so bad. Like, this guy is the worst villain. Um, but anyway, one of the contestants gets killed. So, and Breckel86 is bringing in any more uh, Guatemalan or Mexicans, instead opting for a very stereotypically described Islamic extremist, which they wind up getting a read on in El Salvador. hey I want an Arab. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. That was a lie. I want an Arab. There's so many, it, there was so much insane dialogue in this movie that I was like, I can't write all of it down. Um, but of course, who else is there? Fucking Stone Cold, who they also wind up letting out. And they make him and another prisoner fight the Islamic extremists while the guards and the warden sit in a cage. Uh, he kills the other dude, but uh, or the the um, uh, the Islamic guy kills the other dude, but then Stone Cold just like takes him out with one punch. So so much for that. And Breckel trains his eyes on Stone Cold. And uh, man, I'm just happy they left my dad out of consideration for this thing. You know, Damn. see, I told you it wasn't gonna be the last time my dad comes up tonight. That's what she said. Oh, ew. She, she uh, said that. So Stone Cold gets flown out to Papua New Guinea, where we meet some of the other convicts, including Vinnie Jones as the amazingly named McStarley. <laughs> like, I kept wanting to call him McSorley's the whole time. <laughs> He's from oh, wow. Watford, Hertfordshire, England. Hertfordshire? Yeah, uh, but McStarley had like this, um, uh, it, it kind of reminded me of like a, a rough and tumble kind of like footballer or rugby player kind of. Well, uh, according to his Wikipedia, uh, Vincent Peter Jones is a British actor, presenter, and former professional footballer. Oh, look yes, at that. I, yes. So he was playing. He was playing. Uh, he was playing himself. Vinnie Jones doesn't play characters. He just plays himself in movies. Well, he's it, also a presenter, so he presents himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like these are the people going on the island. It's, I don't even know got, what that like presenter. What does that mean? I, it's I don't know. I imagine it's him being like, like, I'm presenting this award show or something like that. that was a really bad impersonation oh. of him. But yeah, so these are the characters' names: Jack Conrad or Jack Riley. We'll get to that too. Um, Ewan McStarley, Paco Pacheco, which really sounds like a UFC fighter. Um, Peter. Radsip, Go Saiga, Yasantwa Ade, Crested Mackey, Rosa Pacheco, Helmet Bruggerman, or Brugerman. Uh, and then I I don't remember. I, I guess that's them listed here because in the credits, some of these people have different names. I, I don't know if I named all of them, but that was a bunch of them. But anyway, um, so Breckel explains that he isn't... <laughs> 
this made me laugh so fucking hard. He explains that he is not broadcasting. He's streaming to the internet, which a concept probably considered unbelievable circa 2007 outside of like maybe like some minute long, you know, quick time files of like a band performing. Like, come on. I mean, no, that I'm being facetious. Like YouTube was a thing and everything like that. But like, he's talking about the way we stream now and it's just, hilarious sure. in context really? um this movie was ahead of its time it really was give it, it some really kudos was. oh uh, shot kudos moment of the week sponsored <laughs> by kudos granola bars did we really like, condemned i <laughs> did really like this stone cold line what, what was that we have a sponsorship didn't you know that yeah like kudos oh the the now defunct granola bars have uh, sponsored. Wait, wait, us. Dil- wait, Dylan, did you ever eat kudos? I don't think so. They were probably gone before of was alive. Kudos. They're basically a granola bar covered in chocolate. Oh, sounds kind of tasty. Yeah, yeah, they were, and they were like passed off as being healthy, but they were. It was just like it was a, here, it was a fucking candy bar. bar. <laughs> it was a fucking candy bar. Pack your lunch every day with a candy bar. Uh, I was saying I did like this Stone Cold line. From oh, was it the whole like interview thing with with uh, Breckel? I I but the when he's like talking to him, like I don't know. Yeah. He goes, he's like, I'm from a little fishing town north of Anchorage. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Fuck Your Mama. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well. And then he like comes up with this weird story about how he was like in the kkk and like bombed all these people in el salvador like i wrote i wrote about it later on because i was like just laughing really hard at this point i wasn't super paying attention well well stone cold stone cold also said because i'm just calling him stone cold throughout this whole thing oh yeah he's just so cold. i don't give a shit if his name's jack um what whatever what he was there for or what what he he worked he was working on his tan and (laughs) he was also up in Alaska, he was an interior decorator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he said, oh, yeah, I lived in a fishing town called Fuck Your Mama. I mean, this is what I imagine. Like, he is, this is just Stone Cold attitude, right? Like, this is just what he does, like, in yeah. the wrestling ring. This is shit that he says, you know? Well, like, the swearing, not so much, Right, of yeah. course. He gets, he's like, I get to fucking swear finally, you know? But he's just playing himself. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Which is amazing. So um, all the convicts have a rig of explos- uh, plastic explosives strapped to their leg that will explode in 30 hours. They get the ground rules about, about like what will get them killed immediately. So yeah, this is just basically battle royale. Yeah, you you can't fuck with the you can't fuck with the thing around your ankle. It's basically like a a, a monitoring uh, thing around the ankle. You can't fuck with it. Um, if you try and you know break it off or whatever, it will blow up. Um, and then it has like a uh, release card in it. So if you pull the card, if you pull the card or somebody pulls the card on you. There's 10 seconds and then you're fucking, you're blown to bits. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and I love when they explain this because the camera work when they you look seeing everybody's re- like reactions to it is just so manic and bad. It's just like huh, whew, like dramatic zoom in and then just like cuts and it's like oh, oh, oh. it looks like the cameraman was drunk making this movie. Probably was. Stone Cold though hit the look on his face. He gave zero fucks about it. Oh, he has one face in this entire movie, and it's just. It's like the editing in Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like just all <laughs> over the place. So they get flown to the island via helicopter set to a an absolutely just mind-bogglingly bizarre cover of Black Betty by a band called Spider Bait. <laughs> this, like, I want that as my ringtone. They each get tossed out of the helicopter, shackled with a key in their mouths. And I also want to note just, did you guys think this movie was just fucking bright as shit? Like they just ratcheted like the fucking highlights of this movie, like out the wazoo. It's it's just like it's so white in the scenes where you see sunlight and like you know, just like uh, like when they're all falling in the water and there's lots of like reflections. I'm like, God, this is garish to look at. Like it's just it's awful. <laughs> oh, it's so uh- unattractive. I, I did love when the they threw like they th- they threw the guys the guys and ladies out of the helicopter shackled like you said, and the one guy oh, threw amazing. him out and he landed like on a spike like piece <laughs> of driftwood like and it impaled him. <laughs> yes, like see that's what like this that's one of the redeeming moments of this film where I'm like at least this movie had that shit in it like they oops we dropped the guy by accident and we get to see him just get fucking stabbed like through the and he's like ah! like that part was at least kind of amazing like that was really funny uh yeah I just like love it um. So McStarley tosses Stone Cold out with no key and he lands on the beach. Ouch. One of the prisoners, a, the, the Japanese guy named Go Saiga, coolly puts on a pair of sunglasses after exiting the water. And well, he, uh, he stole them from um, the guy that was tossing him out of the helicopter. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, because right. he kind of he kind of threw a punch or whatever at the guy or oh yeah, he sucker punched or, him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love the show's little cameras that look like they're just suspended on like a laundry line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it tracks two of the convicts fighting the old bearded German guy who also is like, it looked like he was trying to get into Yasantwa's, uh, she's an, uh, a woman from Africa. Uh, he was looked like he was trying to get into her pants, but she just stabs him and kicks him uh, right in the neck. And then yeah, kicks like him in the ass, like a bone or so, or what was it? Like she, like it was a piece of, like... it was like a piece of shrapnel or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then pulls his strap and he explodes. And I was like, okay, like, that was pretty fucking badass. Balls like a couple of times, like, <laughs> like after she pulls the card, she gets one swift punt into those balls <laughs> and then runs away. Yeah, yep. like, and he blows up. So. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the last thing you remember in your life is getting kicked in the nuts, right? Yep. Um. So, so the thing is, though, is the thing I liked about that happening is it gave you a clear cut idea 
of what was going to happen when the card got pulled, like immediately. Oh yeah, they had to show it. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like they waited. They they waited until the end for somebody because it could have gone that way too. Like they waited until like the very end, and the last person had their card pulled, and then you had the big explosion. No, oh, no. it was. This movie was very keen on showing people explode, which I was all for. Right, 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 right. So they went the they went the other direction in they wanted to tell you, hey, this is what's gonna happen and we're gonna use it. And well, that, yeah. that was good though, too. And the thing in Battle Royale is that all like there's this they have a it's a it's like a collar. And the thing is, like they there is a there is a similar scene where they show how it works, and it's basically like guy like had with the remote control uses on one of the kids in the beginning of the movie and it's supposed to kind of like really you know set the movie going like oh boy this fucked up sad thing happened um that doesn't really happen so much in this movie but um in battle royale too they also have like different weapons like some people have like guns some people have knives some people have like a frying pan like just all kind of like just random shit. Uh, so you get to see all these like kills in different ways. This, they were just like, nah, just blow everybody up. It'll be great. Right. And yeah. it was fucking amazing. <laughs> and the first time that like the, with this one, the first one, it was just like, I started, I was like, oh man. And then I started <laughs> laughing. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. Yes. So Breckel says he wants as many viewers as the Super Bowl, which, hey, in 2022, I think you could probably do it. I don't know about 2007, but good luck, buddy. Oh, of course. Um, you're Goldman. Ben? Oh, that's like 40 million. You're not going to get that. <laughs> um, I, feel, Paco really I feel like Goldie there likes to uh, piss on everybody's cornflakes. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, really, he really was that guy. Um, He's like... He's like, no, this is going to suck too much. Um, Paco Pacheco, uh, the UFC champ, gets the drop on Stone Cold, but they part ways because he's just looking for his wife. You know, they're, oh, obviously but, you can see that there's like some good people on, you know, in this thing. Yeah, but he also, he helped uh, Stone Cold. He gave Stone Cold the, the key for the, the cuffs and the... Uh, yes. Yeah, and yeah. the... The uh, I think there was chains around their ankles too, wasn't there? Or... Yeah. yeah. Well, Stone Cold yeah, got yeah. also like sent out of the the copter, right? Like, or wait, was the plane? Yeah. Or... yeah. Uh, like I th I think uh, with the with the chains or without the key, I think, right? Yeah, I th yeah, because well, without uh, the Vinnie key, Jones like and... threw him out. Yeah. Yeah, without yeah. the key and was still shackled. Still shackled, yeah. Well, they were they were all still shackled when they left the helicopter. They put the key in their in the well in their people, mouth, yeah, in their mouths, and right, yeah, right. Anyway, so Creston Mackey and Go Saiga meet and start fighting, and I noticed something else about this movie that like if. If like the person wasn't white, did you notice they like pointed out their ethnicity? They were always just like, "Oh, the Japanese guy." They, you know, oh, the black person. Like it was just kind of weird. 
or like a little bit you know something like even if it was like the german guy i feel like they just made like as long as they were not american they right. uh they just they didn't say anything about it it was just kind of weird um anyway mackie escapes and saiga runs into mcstarley and they wind up teaming up uh stone cold runs into peter radsip who is of course huge uh he's like the big russian dude he was the guy right at the beginning of the movie in the belarusian prison that took out like the three yes yeah so like at first i was like oh man he's gonna be the big bad you know nope Uh, this part is amazing too they fight and wind up hanging off of a cliff like kind of like weird too because it looked like honestly they could have just both stood up and walked up this supposed cliff it was kind of not the most impressive cliff i've seen in a movie but the regardless the russian winds up tripping his detonator like a fool and stone cold just knocks him off and he explodes like i loved this oh yeah like mid-air explosion right (laughs) yeah this was great Mm -hmm. i love that they just don't cut away it's just him like ah boom Yep. Yep. No, they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to leave you uh, second guessing if anybody survives or not. Nope. That but they also have like the cool. They have like almost like the Mortal Kombat kind of screen where they put the X's through the people that have died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd probably be the way that you'd want to in that predicament. I mean, go because like if he fell all the way down, if there was like a a chance that like he was still going to maybe be alive when he hit wherever or even partially like at least blowing up at like kind of you know instantaneous yeah it takes away from that possibility like okay you know you you landed and you're going to bleed out or you landed and you broke you know several things and you're not you're you're going to eventually <laughs> you wind die. up like James Franco in Australia <laughs> Or the guy that went through the spike in this movie. Yeah, like this, like guaranteed. Like, okay, he's going to blow up even before he hits anything. Yeah. Plus, he's a giant Russian guy. And like, as you know, they tend to come back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. So it turns out that the FBI is tracking Breckel's operation, specifically the Computer Crimes Task Force. And they get a tip on... uh the American who they knew literally like nothing about seconds before this. And uh, we learned Stone Cold's name is actually Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> and, uh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's Jack Riley, AKA Jack Conrad. And he's former Delta force who blew up some drug dealers in El Salvador. Hey, Oh, um, not from Alaska. No. Not from fuck your mama. No, he's from he's from Connecticut, where WWE HQ is. Stanford, <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah, they tell his wife, and she winds up seeing this whole thing like play out at the bar she works at. It's kind of weird. Um, she had to go to the bar because she didn't have a computer. Or <laughs> she, I love. She gets there. She's like, "Can I get on the computer? You got high speed, right?" <laughs> yeah. I got that optimum. <laughs> um, then uh, this—I I was picturing like she got onto like a like literally a computer that they had at the bar for like that also doubled as like where you would play like the quick draw, like if you were <laughs> like a bar fly. 
and you wanted to play the quick draw like you would use that laptop or something (laughs) it's actually just like one of those bar games that you play like the stupid games on right yeah yeah that yeah uh this is where you find out about like tr- them trying to play off Stone Cold, like he's a member of the KKK. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so Deathstroke's wife is hiding, but she finds him. Yay! Unfortunately, McStarley shows up and they fight, and Saiga takes Rosa hostage, and they string up Paco to the tree, uh, or a tree rather. Uh, Vinnie Jones delivers this wonderful line where he just goes, let's have a look at those titties here. Yeah, this scene was a little sickening to me. Like, I I did not like it. I I cringed. (laughs) Like, I was just like, this is a little too rapey. Yeah, he like really beats the shit out of her. It's like not pleasant. And it's and the thing is, like, it's not even like showed off screen to like be like oh it's like so horrible like that you don't want to show it or like for any it's literally you see all of it like it's yeah. it's brutal you know Ugh, I, yeah. yeah i don't know i suppose they weird. cut away after a point like maybe like once or something but like yeah they didn't like it was all there yeah, and the thing is, like, I, I realized that there's, like, FBI agents and, uh, you know, Stone Cold is, like, uh, like you know, a good guy. But, like, we really don't spend a lot of time with those characters. And it's, like, all these people. And, like, I understand that they're, like, prisoners and, you know, convicts or whatever. But, uh, but I don't know. I feel like the majority of them kind of like had some sense about them like obviously mcstarley is compromised or whatever and like he's just fucking a lunatic but like uh like stone cold and y- yasantwa and mackie and the pachecos like that's half of them at least half of them were like okay and like i don't know maybe the di- the guy who died immediately was okay too i'll give him the benefit of the doubt but like that's over it's like that's over half of uh them and then you just like i don't know it's it's just bizarre to see this happening and it's not pleasant um and you also see that there's a camouflage team of cameramen sneaking over to get better angles and yeah it's because and because like breckle's like yeah he's like get a better angle and then there's this like really horrible melodramatic act of protest from his girlfriend trying to be rational and then this this part was really like mind-bending when goldman is like he has a moment of like real clarity because he doesn't want to see the woman getting abused but then he just like stays par for the course like regardless like he 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 like stands up for what he believes in for like about 30 seconds and then just cowers back down. Yeah, and like, and it's uh, like, I guess I'll just yeah. go back to my t- my uh, station. Yeah, and it's not even it. This is not even played off as one of those things as like, oh, he's faking it, and he's like actually like not broadcasting it, or he's like secretly like contacting the FBI or something like that. No, he fully just caves to pressure only to like let it come up again, and it winds up getting him killed. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, boy. Um, A 15-year-old movie. Maybe he was worried that he wouldn't get paid or something. If like, I mean, he could stand up for what he believes in, but he's like, oh, I got to finish off the job. 
Yeah, but also kids. Also, Rosa explodes. Um, so Stone Cold finds Paco and they team up against McStarley and Saiga. Yasantua gets jumped by Kirsten, but they also team up, and this annoys Breckle. Uh, and then there's this scene where McStarley and Saiga find a bunch of weapons and shit, and it's just so bad. Like the lighting is bad, the camera work is bad, like the editing is bad. It's just they so had one of those uh, helicopter drops. Yes. Like they, they're getting helped out by Breckle the whole time, is what you find out. Right. So Stone Cold makes his way to the North Tower like super fast. It seems like this happened just between takes. Like he just teleported. And well, he, if you, there, there was something that occurred since you brought that up. Uh, while he was, uh, while they were in the helicopter, um, he was looking out the window and happened to see the whole like base of operations for the production, like the the, oh, the TV production. Right. So he figured out where all of that was. That's amazing that nobody else was like, "Hey, let's just fucking go there and like deal with this." Let's just go there and blow this shit up. Yeah. They all pull their pins with Breckle in the room. Yeah, that's just like a, they just jump on there. Um, but I do love that he uses presumably a decades-old radio to jam the GPS tracker on his ankle. Like, love that logic. Wait, um, I thought he just used like a piece of like foil or something. No, he like pulled out an old radio and he took out like a piece of it and it jammed the GPS. Like on it was him. a piece of metal or something, wasn't it? Like he bent it around it. I don't know. It's just really funny. At first, I thought it was just like a piece of aluminum foil. Um, then he does a bunch of like high wire acts on the camera rig cord. Yep. The FBI has to drop the case per orders by the Pentagon. And I love the agent being like, going up to this dude, being like, asking, what do you, who do you work for? And the Pentagon rep just goes, the Pentagon. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no department, just Pentagon. Because Stone Cold got caught during his operation in El Salvador. And that's why he was in prison. Like, he had to not get caught after blowing up drug dealers. And maybe he got caught because he's, like, fucking seven and a half feet tall. And he shouldn't be doing covert operations. He's not that tall. Oh, okay. He's like so, six. He's like six, what? Six one, six two, somewhere around there? Yeah. Well, they lose track of Stone Cold, and one of Breckle's goons goes out to find him with the guards. Of course, Stone Cold is already at the camp, and he manages to knock out a guy and sneak in. He also knocks out the comms guy and then phones his wife. And who oh boy, was this some hyperdramatic fucking garbage? Oh my God, this is so painful to sit through. Like, <laughs> just awful. Um, anyway, I'm going to tell you where we are. Yeah. He, uh, the guards discover that there's been a breach as stone cold is relaying the coordinates to his wife. Why those wouldn't be the first things he'd be like, I'm at, here, get them, uh, get a fucking like Navy seal army over here. Right. He want he, he winds up, uh, who anyway, she winds up contacting the FBI anyway. And uh, the power gets cut. 
And Stone Cold and Breckle share this hilarious look before he just kind of casually walks out of the comms tower before they start shooting at him. Like, I loved how casually he just walked out. Just like, I'm going to go kick that guy's butt. Oh, gotta go. Well, he had to go back out through a different way and then he dropped down. And yeah, he had to make like a little bit of an escape there, Dylan. It was just kind of funny. Like, he's just so big. Um, anyway, oh, of course, the guy couldn't shoot him either. Like, his aim no. was horrible. He kept like missing them, and like the bullets were going into the dirt. It was like a freaking episode of the 18. He went to uh, Stormtrooper Academy, apparently. So, meanwhile, Yasantwa is giving Kirsten, uh, I think, is it Creston? I like just spelled his name wrong. It's I wrote out Kirstion or something, it's Creston. Uh, she's giving Creston a massage who talks about running a oh, hash business farm. Time. Uh, he like ran a hash farm in Malaysia and then got involved with a local girl and she ratted on him and that's why he wound up in jail and then of course she plays him because yeah. you know I think we knew this was going to happen and she pulls the plug on his explosives I this guy's last words were something like bitch got me again motherfucker not again not again and then he blew up wah, wah, wah. very funny it was pretty funny so far she's killed more people than stone cold um she was so cunning they see that mcstarley and saiga have uh paco pinned down uh, and then also there's some dumb bullshit about Goldman and Breckel's friendship and like, and then he and Breckel's girlfriend agree to stop this. Like, I love that this is where they draw the line as if nothing else that's happened before was even remotely legal or moral. And just again, pointing out that like Breckel is such an unimposing villain. Like I know he, I know he's like got money and power and shit, but I love that he's just like, Oh, you want to talk to me like that? Well, guess what? I'm going to talk to you like this. I'm not even going to emote. You're just a little bitch. Like, he's just, like, he's just, he's just such a terrible villain. Uh, I described him as a little weenie. Like, anybody could just walk up to this guy and, like, fucking peg him in the head and it'd be done. Like, you could just be like, all right, we're, we're just going to, so he can deal with it. Like, he's responsible. Maybe even Goldie would have been a better villain. Yeah, seriously. Speaking of which, he goes back to finish the show and then just more abusive women. Breckle just slaps his girlfriend in the face. Like, and we just get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you, do you think like I wrote, do you think Vince, or, <laughs> do you think Vince McMahon? That's what I wrote. <laughs> do you think Vince McMahon was like, yeah, make this guy like me. <laughs> oh, slap that woman in the face. So Stone Cold happens upon McStarley and Saiga torturing Paco. And it's like on a bridge for some reason. And McStarley winds up shooting him point blank with a bow and arrow. I love that they gave him a fucking bow and arrow for a while. And then yeah, I love this. that was in the weapons bag. Yeah. And then I love this exchange. It just looks really funny because it looks like a toy in like Vinnie Jones's hands. It just looks so small. And then we get this amazing bit of uh, dialogue where Vinnie Jones says, 
SAS, we got a lot in common, you and me. To which Stone Cold replies, we got nothing in common, you and me. I'm like, just saying you and me over and over again. (laughs) We've got a lot in common, you and me. We've got nothing in common, you and me. Hey. It's like a fucking, like, like, Dr. Seuss, like... We should stop saying the same things, you and me. I will agree to that statement, you and me. <laughs> Sam, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you and me. <laughs> eh. Sorry. <laughs> eh. It just uh, kind of fell out. I wrote. It just went, and cut. <laughs> How was somebody like McStarley allowed into British Special Forces? But anyway, they burn Paco alive. He fell through the cracks, I would say. Yeah, seriously. Big crack. Stone Cold runs off, but then he just comes back to the bridge where they, like, McStarley and Saiga just still are? I don't know. It's really weird. And then this was even more bizarre. Well, Stone Cold prepped for the fight. Okay. Remember, he put the little, uh, he put, he broke out, like, the frame of that window and okay, put like yeah. things on his arms to he, like, like yeah. breaks apart some rebar and he like duct tapes it to his wrists. Yeah, to so, block the knife attack. Yeah. I, I know. Uh, like and, Batman has like gauntlets on the, the I know. I love it. I love just these this cheap shit thing that he made. Like it's so like I, I understand why it why it's there. It's just so stupid. Like, just let him have a weapon. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. what, though. The imagery of him blocking the knife attacks. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And it's sparking. Gave you, like, such a great image, like, to see, like, as the fight was going on. Yeah. You're like, and, oh, shit, man. He blocked that one, too. Yeah. You know? And it's like, oh, he did it with his bare arm, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so he's battling Saiga. But, like, then this part was just amazing. Like, McStarley jumps down. Why he jumps down is beyond me. He could have just shot Stone Cold from above, but whatever. Makes this hideous face. Like, and I love when movies do, like, the the fast zoom in on somebody making, like, a kind of face. And fires an arrow at him. And I'm just going to... I, I had to just rewind and like record that. So I'm just going to send you guys that clip and just watch that for a moment. It's only six seconds long. Oh yeah. He had that nice grimace on his face. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to try and track him down. Um, somehow still 30 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> so Yasantua tries to kill Stone Cold. She gets hit with an arrow and Saiga throws a Molotov at him. Uh, turns out there's also just a bunch of old ammo in this bunker they're in. So Stone Cold tries to escape with Yasantua, but she pulls her strap and she's like, that, nah, fuck that. And the bunker explodes. Mm-hmm. Don't know why she did that. Uh, they didn't well, really Well, the explain. arrow, and I think, she, I think she felt like she wasn't long anyway for this world. Yeah, I wish she had a bit more character. I liked her. She was cool. Yeah. She'll be so, back and condemned too. She didn't really blow up. Yeah. So that leads Saiga and McStarley to kill each other. Just, you know, 
Also, just again, hilarious scene of Vinny Jones running away, looking like he's bouncing rapidly to get away. Like seriously, when he runs, it's like the it's like <laughs> like just I can't even describe it. Um so Stone Cold is of alive, of course, and he punches out Saiga. They have a big fight, and thankfully Stone Cold has his silly rebar wrist weapons, and then McStarley shows up too. Yeah. Stone Cold stabs Saiga with one of his knives, and then he hunts down McStarley. Time for the big showdown. Just kidding. McStarley jumps down a giant hole in the ground. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And so does Stone Cold. Breckle yeah. winds up sending uh, uh, McStarley. I think I might have said McSorley before. Um, Breckle winds up sending McStarley a survival bag or sending Stone Cold a survival bag, but McStarley gets to it first. And it, you know, turns out it's helping him the whole time, which Goldman calls him out for. But like, also, who fucking cares? McStarley, being the expert SAS soldier that he is, just unloads like all of his shotgun ammo at Stone Cold while he's hiding behind a rock. Like, just does not stop firing. Uh, I think he put the infinite ammo cheat on. Uh, Possibly. And I, I think, uh, well, another movie that I watched uh, the week that I watched this was The Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bomb, which was a very bad. This movie was much better. Uh, and I think one of Breckel's guys was also in that movie, which might explain a thing or two. Mm. So McStarley kills two of the cameramen that are following them around and then says, Merry Christmas for some reason. I just like, Merry Christmas. Stone Cold was actually I'm hiding. I'm just a just cameraman. <laughs> Love this too. Stone Cold just hiding off screen. Again, best place to hide. So he appears again, and a big fight happens. It's like, you know, it's not like that good, but everybody watching is like, ooh, ah, and ouch. And they start cheering on Stone Cold like the barbarians they are. Like, also, I love that like 40 million people are watching this, but the only evidence we get is like some fucking redneck bar that has maybe 25 people in it. <laughs> like there's just no perspective at all it's either like this shitty redneck bar or the island you know what they should have done they should have they should have bought just like a little bit of like seeing people standing in times square watching it and then badly cgi it onto like one of yeah the, uh, yeah yeah, yeah like that would have been jumbotron thing yeah yeah, yeah that would have been sweet they should have done that yeah like i Anything to make it more stupid, like I'm totally on board with. That probably would have put it over the top then. Oh. Hmm. Anyway, Stone Cold dies for the third time and everyone's sad. The scene was hilariously bad. And they see Breckle being a giant piece of shit on TV. And there's all this terrible commentary about violence on TV. And if the viewers are just as bad to the point where they have to say the title of the movie, where the, like the fucking like <laughs> lame journalist is like, are we the condemned? I'm just like, fuck this, this fucking. Terrible. Oh, that was the Barbara Walters character. Oh, massively hypocritical. 
anyway, I bet, she, I bet she was glad she got out of Dodge when she did. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, me too. So supposedly there's some Navy SEALs are en route. Uh, we never actually see them. Um, so Breckel decides it's time to leave and get out of there like the two-faced piece of shit that he is. Goldman tries to protest, but he winds up getting killed by the other goon. Again, just horrible fucking contrast and white balance in this scene. McStarley arrives at the camp, gets the bomb taken off his leg, and he's treated like dirt by Breckel. Stone Cold wakes up all fucked up, and then this awful song starts playing before... I don't even remember what it was. I just wrote that it was awful. Um, starts playing uh, before Breckel did something. I don't know. McStarley goes AWOL because he's like not getting his money, and takes the production crew hostage and then just immediately starts murdering them while Firestarter is playing. <laughs> <laughs> this was another insane scene. Yeah. Like this part and the part where Rosa is getting beat up, like were alarmingly like brutal. I, yeah. I was very surprised. Uh, Stone Cold arrives and Breckel and his goon hold him at gunpoint. He takes out the goon and Breckel runs off. Stone Cold and Breckel's girlfriend get the drop on McStarley, who explains that he spent the past few years in an African prison taking it in the ass twice a day. So Stone Cold just shoots him a bunch of times. Sounds like a bad existence or something. They chase down Breckel to his chopper. Again, get to the chopper. Stone Cold running, very funny. And he's yeah. just shooting at it. His little MP5s make like mounted machine gun noises, which is hilarious. Um, lots of ammo to go to get through. Uh, and then I got to hand it to this movie for having a great villain death. Breckel is in the helicopter. Which I really got to ask, like, why the pilot was not just flying away from the island? Like, they could have just left. Like, hovering over the cliff for some reason. Yeah. Well, we got clearance from uh, air traffic control. <laughs> and Breckel's girlfriend <laughs> activates one of the ankle bombs, plops it into Stone Cold's hand, and he just pitches the bomb into the chopper, which Breckel, like an idiot, just, like, watches, like, Coast in and then stares at it on there for like five seconds and then goes like no and like I don't know they must have like wiped it down in butter too because he can't pick it up and then the chopper explodes and crashes into the sea cliffs. Okay, there's a there's a few things he couldn't reach it because he was belted into yeah, into the chopper. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so he was trying to bend over to pick it up and he couldn't reach it because he was belted in. I love when people seat. just like they're just like oh no. Damn seatbelt safety, but okay. okay. Hold on, though. We gotta go. We gotta go back a couple seconds, though. You you totally just like glossed over by saying Stone Cold pitched that bomb into the helicopter. He made like an NFL like star quarterback worthy throw. Of, of of that bomb, like sixty yards yeah, into like, the opening of that helicopter. Like how high up would it have been? I, okay, I agree. I agree. But it the 
the visual of it just sort of looks like he's lobbing it, and I'm sure that they did something to like, you know, make he was it he was so far away. I, it was and amazing. Then it was also up the hill. It just it was like, it, come on! It defied gravity. It really looked like it was just like. Whoop. Yeah, but I too I didn't understand like the chopper like just hovering like. I'm like, go, oh, go, fly away, get out of there. Wait, it, it had to wait for the bomb to land inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, I don't know why Breckel didn't just like have a gun and just shoot them. Like, <laughs> well, you see, I uh, where did I she get the other ankle bomb? I thought it was Stone Cold. The, no, his because guy... she, he had his on. She gave him the key to take it off. I thought. No, yeah, he I, took I, his off at the very beginning. I think it was just a random one from the, oh, from the camp. Maybe it was uh maybe it oh, was McSurley's. Was off at the beginning? No. It was it was either McStarley's or Stone Cold. It wasn't Stone Cold. He took his off on no. the beach. No, he had it on the whole time, what? didn't he? No. Stone Cold? Yeah. yeah. Cause she oh, no, 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 sorry. I'm thinking of the, the shackles. I'm thinking of the shackles. You need the little, like, drop chip thing. They have yeah, to take it yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was probably his. I don't know. <laughs> that throw was just... <laughs> I just went, come on! <laughs> it just landed so perfectly, like, right in there. I mean, anybody else makes that th- tries to make that throw, it's fallen way short. It's probably... Hitting the side of the hill and rolling back down towards you, or or just going into the water, or, or I mean that. anything if not in the chopper, like you're hoping that you toss it and you timed it and it gets up high enough to blow and then subsequently take the chopper out. What, wouldn't the helicopter's like pr- blades? Like, wouldn't that just be like pushing downward as well? Like it's it's amazing. It just defies <laughs> physics. It's so it great. Does. It was so it was so extreme and so just like what's uh, okay. What else is really funny about this is I had shown Sarah some clips from the fucking one of the Evil Bong movies, and I think it was also the Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong, and then I showed her some clips from this, including like this scene. And she just went like, oh, oh my God, I really just thought that was one of the actors from, I thought this was just from the same movie. <laughs> she, huh. thought the, she thought the guy that uh, Breckle was someone from the Evil Bond movies. I just imagine uh, Vince McMahon's watching that last scene. And he goes, oh, that's some good shit. Yeah. But this movie, oh, oh my God, this movie ends with Stone Cold back home with his lady and set to like wherever the fuck this is set to saving me by nickelback which it was just like i was not prepared for that i was half expecting it was going to kind of be like um uh the movie uh with tom hanks um castaway where he was going to come back and she was already had like moved on and like oh yeah yeah I was kind of, I was kind of half expecting. Oh, I got a new boyfriend. It's your, it's your brother. We, we, we met at the bar playing, uh, playing uh, uh, 
the Matchum game on the the console at the bar. Not uh, at the bar, like the day of your memorial service. Yes, <laughs> like I I just want to point out that the 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 there's a soundtrack for this movie that's uh, 13 tracks long and also and features eels a band that sarah and i like um and ryan adams but in addition there's also ryan adams or ryan adams because there's uh both right this is ryan adams oh brian no ryan oh ryan (laughs) ryan (laughs) ryan with an r yes okay well, no, a, no, Ryan style. with a Ryan with a B. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Well, I thought you were saying Ryan the whole time. I now am saying, saying Ryan. Now I you're saying Brian. Brian. No, no, Brian. I, no, it is Ryan. I was just fucking around. <laughs> wait, so it's not Summer of '69. Brian Adams. No, it's no. Ryan Adams. Okay. When I said Ryan with a B, I was just joking. I apologize for confusing you. Oh man. Um no. This is the end of the wrestling film society right here. <laughs> but I just want to point out that uh other music by Eminem, 50 Cent, Lloyd Banks, Kashish, Blackstone Cherry, Phil Collins, Buck Cherry. Oh, there were oh Blackstone Cherry is good. There were three Blackstone Cherry songs in this. Seven Collins. Yeah, the apparently in the air tonight was playing in this movie at some point. <laughs> I missed that. I was looking for it, didn't hear it. Um, they also, just used the they used the drum thing when the guy landed on the uh, driftwood. <laughs> oh my god! I would. I wish they would just have it like repeat so that it was like every time there was a dr- a drum beat hit, it was him impacting on the spike. So it's like. <laughs> I wonder sometimes, so there's like soundtracks that are like songs inspired by the movie or like they, you know, they're maybe not even directly in the movie, but they're just songs that like, well, these could kind of fit in or these are sort of like, you know, they maybe fit the theme of, but weren't, you know, because uh, I don't even recall hearing anything like by Eminem. Uh, yeah, I I don't know, but so here, here's no, probably... it says these are featured in the film. However, really? notably, uh, the songs Firestarter by The Prodigy and Saving Me by Nickelback, seemingly the anthem of the movie, are not available on the motion picture soundtrack. So clearly WWE did not have the money to shell out for all of these bands. But they got, well, they got they had, Ryan Adams. They but had they got enough. fucking Eels and Ryan Adams. They had enough to shell out to put them put the songs in the movie. But they didn't have enough to put them out on the like the official motion picture soundtrack. It's fucking hilarious. Yes. I think it kind of makes sense. Oh man, Eric Roberts and in and Wes Studi and Steven Michael Quesada, aka uh, Gomez from uh Breaking Bad, are all in the condemned too. This movie's probably amazing. And don't forget Rand- Randy Orton is in it too. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I mean, needless to say, stay tuned. We're definitely oh, going to yeah. do the condemned too. That movie is going to be amazing. I cannot wait to watch we'll, that. We'll 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 watch we'll watch the second part of the condemned cinematic universe. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, this movie was pretty fucking bad, but it had some re- very like redeemingly goofy parts. People exploding, fighting, <laughs> overacting. It it was a movie that was like before its time. Honestly, it was like as far as the the concept of broadcasting a stream a live streaming event over the internet. It it was before its time slightly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of impressive in that sense that somebody came up with that like as an idea at that point. I feel like they they maybe read some like books by Bill Gates of like what he was anticipating the world was going to be <laughs> in like, the future. Well, the, the it doesn't stop there though because there were some funny things I noticed about the um uh about the credits. Uh notably that uh, the uh, the prisoner characters, um, there were three prisoner characters uh, or, or con- members of the condemned that were labeled as the Russian, the Italian, and the German, to which I said, a.k.a. the dressings. Mm. <laughs> um, also, costume design by apparently the Philadelphia Eagles because it was by Phil Eagles. <laughs> huh. So, yeah, um, what, uh, I did want to read some reviews for this movie that I thought were pretty funny. Okay. Um, and I don't disagree with them. The Condemned is a morally ambiguous, and uh, exceedingly violent, and mostly forgettable action film. Um, general reviews of The Condemned include complaints of plot holes, overly preachy tone, lack of plot progression, hypocritical morals, poor fight choreography, and one quote-unquote fake wrestler? I don't really know what that's referenced to. Um, And VA... Well, they're they're just saying that, like, you have a professional wrestler in a movie and wrestling is called fake in some Mm -hmm. people's minds. So they're kind of making a dig at Stone Cold Steve Austin being the star of this movie. I'm not going to criticize the movie for starring Stone Cold Steve Austin. No. No, I mean, um, I'm not either. I mean, it, it would have been the same movie regardless of who you had it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it still would have been pretty. It still would have been pretty shitty. They just want yeah. to take the dig at pro wrestling as yeah. well. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, VA Musetto of the New York Post gave the film zero stars out of four, describing it as a sickeningly violent and inane movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wasn't like, I okay. I was not overall repulsed by like the ge- like the sort of as we'll call it generic violence. I was put off against uh, by the like very prolonged viewings of like abuse against women in this movie. <laughs> I didn't like. It was definitely misogynistic in that regard. Yeah. And I mean, do you ever feel like reviewers like that don't actually watch the movies and just like just find out like there's some aspects of it that are you know violent and gory and they're just like yeah this is my review well yeah i mean i I would like to know like i would like to know what va musetto's stance on like pulp fiction is you know what i mean like which yeah because by all by all merits a better film but has a lot of things you could also criticize about it that they were i mean that being said this movie is just way more i like just straight up and forward about it. It's yeah. just very. In I mean, your face. he doesn't say he doesn't say anything 
that you couldn't get from like just a description of the movie like just a you know what i mean like you, you don't really get any idea of any particular things of the movie that you know any descriptors about it, it, it so it's kind of i'm not defending the movie by any stretch but it's kind of no, like i, I feel like sometimes mean. sometimes these guys i i wonder if they actually do watch the i mean you have to reviewing. i mean you have to remember that, like those are like some pretty old reviews at this point so like oh I yeah sort of like film criticism and film reviewing in general has kind of shifted a bit you know like a lot of those reviews i think were just are generally like pretty bad too yeah um but like one thing about this movie that I do think is hilariously hypocritical is like when Breckel goes on this like fucking speech about like, he's just like, he's like, think about the world around you. CNN, ABC, MTV. It's all manufactured. This I'm giving you reality. This is reality. And I'm just like, what the fuck like what does this guy think wwe is then like it's just such an audacious stance to take from a wwe production like it's hilarious watching them try to make commentary you know it's and funny it's though like it because it, it's it it's a lot of like where television was at that point and where it was headed yes i agree that there's like yeah. some truth to it it's just, it's done in such, like, a fucking, like, condescending and, like, shitty manner. Like, I'm like, I wouldn't give it, like, if, if it turned out that guy was, like, the first major streaming, like, company guy, I'd be like, wow, that guy's a giant piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, putting all that aside, like, is it, like, good? No, it's not a good movie. But in, in the spectrum of like wrestling movies i've movies featuring actors who are wrestlers or who are wrestlers who are acting in them uh it's i would say it's like definitely above some other ones yeah, i don't i don't think the movie makes any claims to be something it's not i'll give it that you know what i yeah. mean and, and i mean i had fun watching this thing yeah I, exactly I really it did. was it, it was it was very easy to riff on and laugh at and just like this is so stupid like yeah i was you know. entertained in the sense i mean i thought it was like it got to a place where it was like oh you know kind of the same thing over and over again like it was yeah. just like okay here's another fight scene here's another person blowing up like okay a different way that they're blowing up or what whatever it was just like okay then kind of put on repeat and again um but it wasn't like the worst one of these that we've watched no but not, no yeah not by a long shot and just in terms of like whether like even like quality a movie or just like being able to like be entertained by it i i i say i was in a in a way i mean the fact that this had a at. i mean the the sheer fact that this had a theatrical release compared to you know fucking uh i'm trying to uh uh the one with behind goldberg. enemy lines three <laughs> no i was trying to think of another one we've done like the goldberg one like that didn't get a theatrical release oh santa sleigh santa sleigh you know what i mean like but even that i was entertained by that movie that too um, that that movie is far more absurd yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, but I mean, one that really wasn't good that we watched in this series on WWO clearly was uh, Santa with muscles. Right. Yeah. Was that the that was theatrical though? Had to be. I it think was. so, but oh, that movie was so terrible. That movie yes. was awful. That was so bad. Yeah, if you want to check out that episode, if you want to, if you want to talk, <laughs> see what we're referring to, check out that movie if you want to see what we're referring to. Oh my God, it was. It's, it's, As we uh, were going back, and Mike and I were actually talking about, like, oh, have we watched something with The Rock? And we realized after a bit, we're like, oh yeah, The Rundown. And I'm like, you know what? The Rundown might be like amongst like the the best one, the better ones that we've watched. Oh, hell yeah. The run. I mean, the rundown is a movie. It's actually a movie and a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah the, yeah. the rundown. Uh, they live. Yeah. Shit. I'll even give the fucking Hell Comes to Frogtown. I'll even give that above uh, most of the other movies. Yeah. And that was a fucking really weird movie. Yep. So, yeah, we should do the Scorpion King and the Scorpion King sequels because, holy shit, do those look bad. I think Randy Orton's in those, too. He might be. Or Kurt Angle. Yeah, we've probably talked about this. So There's just a wealth of content uh, there that we can can, uh, call upon. Uh, but yeah, if you wanted to check out our, um, if you wanted to check out uh, the the episode about um, Santa with muscles, it's episode thirty nine called "The Redheaded Stepchild," and uh, you can find that on any of your favorite podcast applications or right at our website, wrestlingworldorderpodcast.com. But um, yeah. Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll we'll definitely do some more um, uh, wrestling film societies, and of course, you know, we'll always have uh, we'll we'll have our our brother in the wrestling film societies, Dylan, back with us to do these episodes because I know he enjoys watching bad movies as much as we do. Um, so stay tuned for those, and uh, uh, stay tuned for our next episode where Sean and I will continue on with our WrestleMania Rewind, Rewatch, whatever the fuck we're calling it this week, um, where we have what, Sean? WrestleMania 26 through WrestleMania 38 uh, uh, matches that we selected to watch. Uh, stay mm-hmm. tuned for that next episode where we, we do that. And, man, if you didn't check out last week's episode, it and we apologize for this. It's three hours and 11 minutes long. But, man, you get a lot of good content in that in the three hours talk about uh, the life and times of Scott Hall and uh, some more WrestleMania matches in that one. And Mike has a uh, dementia lapse or. Yeah, I do. I, 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 (laughs) I totally did. I had a, I had a Mike gloss over moment. It's, it's in hour three of the uh, episode. So you gotta, you gotta (laughs) listen all the way through to get to it. It really was. <laughs> it was towards the end of the night. Wow. But yeah, man, Dylan, thanks for joining us, man. It was always good to have you on the Wrestling World Order podcast. 
always a pleasure to be here. I uh, love coming on because I love uh, putting myself through horrible experiences like these terrible movies. He um, loves putting himself through horrible experiences like yep. being on a podcast with Mike and Sean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you want to, but and and um, if you want to uh, check out what I do, you can check out Diary of Doom. Uh, it's my Doom Metal podcast, and there's a Patreon for it as well. Um, you can also check it out on Facebook, follow it on Instagram, it's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get podcasts. And uh, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but if you also want to hear me continue to talk about bad movies, I would say keep an eye on that Patreon because maybe there's something coming up soon that involves really bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. You can also catch me on one of the Patreon episodes coming up. I think in the yes. next month or so. Yes. In April. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us and um, hope you all enjoyed our review if you will, of Stone Cold Steve Austin in The Condemned. And he was in The Condemned, but Dylan, I feel like we all are The Condemned. Oh, God. <laughs> condemned to being on shitty podcasts. <laughs> this wow. is true. Oh, God. At least we're, like, self-deprecating, right? And aware. Yeah. As long as we're just self-deprecating and not self-defecating. That no. would be bad. Yeah. Sean, why don't you get us out of here? All right. The preceding podcast has been paid for by Ryan Adams. <laughs> Wait, was that Ryan Adams or Brian Adams? By Ryan Adams. Wait, I, I still can't make it out. Brian with a B or Ryan with a B? Not the summer of 69 guy. Ryan Adams. With a B. With an R. <laughs> was, it, was it Ryan Badams? No. It's just funny when you say by Ryan Adams, it still sounds like Ryan Adams. <laughs> All right. Well, you all have a good night. We'll see you next time.